Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 304, and we're going to take a look at the beginning of all these failed banks. Like we are going to look at them individually and see how big of a failure was it? Why did they fail? Where were they located and who received them? Like who took them over? I think this is very important to take a look at this because there are quite a few that have not done very well for whatever reason. The first one that we're going to take a look at is Citizens Bank of Sac City, Iowa, and again that is Citizens Bank of Sac City, Iowa. But before we dive in, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We love to see you. Do check us out on YouTube, subscribe and hit that notification bell so that way you receive all notifications. It's a really good tool to use. So big shout out to Virginia, Oklahoma, California, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, Illinois, British Columbia, Florida, New Jersey, Oregon, Georgia, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, Arizona, Ohio, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Washington, Alabama, Nebraska, Utah, District of Columbia, Mississippi, Kansas, North Carolina, Tennessee, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Louisiana, Hawaii, Nevada, Maryland, New Mexico, Idaho, Michigan, Iowa, Alberta, Ontario, New Brunswick, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Manitoba, Newfoundland and Labrador, and Nova Scotia. In terms of countries, the United States, Singapore, Canada, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, Australia, the Netherlands, India, China, South Africa, Niger, Slovakia, Japan, Denmark, Uzbekistan, the Philippines, the Federated States of Micronesia, Bangladesh, Hong Kong and Greece. Good to see all of you. Okay, so again, let me go back to my information here. We are taking a look at the first failed bank on our list. So the first one again is Citizens Bank in Sac City, Iowa. So and this is directly from fdic.gov's website. It says on Friday, November 3rd, 2023, so not that long ago, Citizens Bank was closed by the Iowa Division of Banking. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, also known as FDIC, was named the receiver. No advance notice is given to the public when a financial institution is closed because I don't want a run on the bank basically, which I don't agree with that. They should let the public know because it's the public's money. Iowa Trust and Savings Bank of Emmitsburg, Iowa, assumed all deposit accounts and substantially all the assets. All shares of stock were owned by the holding company, which was not involved in this transaction. So basically this bank um it got taken over by another bank and this other bank is taking on all that responsibility. So this other bank is really sticking their neck out for these people. They may not realize it or not, but that is exactly what they're doing. I did find a little bit of information on Google about this. So it says, why did Citizens Bank of Sac City, Iowa fail? It says during a joint and ongoing examination of the bank, examiners identified significant loan losses that had not previously been identified by the bank. That's really odd because usually banks have really good software that lists all all of their loans and their losses, and so that's how they balance their books. So this bank was not balancing its books. So that means you have tellers doing their thing. You have the branch manager doing their thing and usually every bank has a comptroller or a controller and um they were doing their thing but it was not appropriate for the bank. 
And then also typically you have a finance department within a bank and you have a VP of finance and then president of finance. All these losses did not get caught correctly. So that's that's a big issue there. The bank was then declared insolvent. The bank had a concentration of out of territory and out of state loans to one industry and incurred heavy losses on some of those loans. Not surprising there. That's why it's not always good to do business with people out of state. I'm not saying that you can't because I mean that would be really stupid if you if you never did business with people across state lines. But you know for smaller banks they have to be extra careful about that because they're they're not a huge bank like in New York City or something. I did pull up an article from Carol Times Herald is what's called so it's carolspaper.com. And this is from the business section and this was published November 9th, 2023. Update the same day. It says the superintendent of banking of the state of Iowa, Jeff Plague or Plague P L A G G E, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. It says that he by and through the Iowa Division of Banking closed Citizens Bank of Sac City and tendered the receivership of Citizens Bank to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, also known as FDIC. Citizens Bank was established in 1929. and had a main office and drive-up facility at the time of closure. At its third quarter call report, Citizens Bank reported $65,558,000 in total assets and $58,930,000 in total deposits. And that's in dollars. Citizens Bank is the first Iowa bank to be closed since 2011. And again that same sentence is there during a joint and ongoing examination of the bank examiners identified significant loan losses that had not previously been identified by the bank the bank was declared insolvent of course that's what happens in things like this the bank had a concentration of out of territory and out of state loans to one industry and incurred heavy losses on some of those loans it doesn't say which industry and it doesn't really describe the losses um any more than what i just read It says the main office and drive-up facility, excuse me, will reopen Monday, whenever that was, as a branch of Iowa Trust and Savings Bank of Emmitsburg, Iowa. It says Iowa Trust and Savings Bank purchased all consumer business and public deposits, so there is no loss to any depositors, but there is an exception to that. It says they also purchased all available loans, but here's the thing, that's not always true that depositors did not suffer any losses because it has to be approved through the FDIC because the, the, here's the fine print folks on this okay it says in here the FDIC insures qualified deposits up to $250,000 and that's per account per depositor um and it says on here on on the web on the website excuse me of this page um for additional information the FDIC has established a toll free number for customers of Citizens Bank Um that toll-free number is 866-314-1744. Again, that is 866-314-1744. Says the phone number will be operational this evening until, of course, that's the day this is published until 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on Saturday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sunday from noon to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. and monday 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. central standard time and thereafter from the usual 9 to 5 um and it lists a website uh for people that i guess have more questions in regards to the fdic 
What I wanted to bring out about this or bring up, I should say, is the FDIC the FDIC, excuse me, only insures qualified deposits. And that's up to $250,000. So if you have a deposit that's not qualified, then it's not insured. If it's over $250,000, you're out of luck. And here's the thing, the only way that you're not out of luck is if the if the receiver bank if they have enough money to to cover everybody's deposits, but they are not required to do so. So that's one of the big bad things about banks that fail, of course it's bad anyway, but if your deposit is is not what it should be and if it's over $250,000, the the bank that takes over a failed bank technically by law by federal and state law especially federal law they do not have to insure anything above and beyond that that mark of 250k and if it's not a qualified deposit meaning if if there's something going on that doesn't look right like like if it's not a you know a legitimate employer check that you're depositing like if it's not um a a legitimate business or something like that they do not have to honor that if it is not a qualified deposit or if it is a funky account and there were bad things going on with it or even if you meet that criteria to have a qualified deposit if it is above and beyond 250k technically the FDIC and this bank does not have to insure you and they do not have to absorb that debt so even though this bank was taken over by another bank and they did it to save the bank they really don't have to save all of it that's my point here and here's the thing you might be thinking well we should have it so that they save everything well here's the thing um crooks have to use banks too and i say that because sometimes people do business with banks they have accounts with banks but their accounts are not legit and they're not on the up and up and sometimes people do business with banks they put a lot of money there but they have millions elsewhere so it it's not going to be a huge loss to them if they lose all this money because they already have a lot of money now i'm not saying that anyone should lose money but my point is this there's a reason why the fdic only insures qualified deposits up to $250,000 And the reason why is because if they insure over that bank fees and interest rates are going to skyrocket because banks are going to want to recoup that money and so is the FDIC. The more the FDIC insures, the greater the risk is to American to the American public in terms of how many fees and additional fees will be tacked on to just regular everyday banking because the FDIC they they have a fund they have a fund and that's how they are able to cover deposits of up to $250,000 per depositor or per account it's because the federal government and us taxpayers our money that we pay via taxes is set aside for this So if the FDIC does not have enough money to cover these things, guess what? Banks raise their fees. And also the FDIC, they ask for more money from the federal government. So it's like it's like you're getting hit twice in terms of taxation and fees. One is via the federal government and one is via your bank. That's just how it is.
So yes, I understand that it is really horrible when someone loses their money like that, but you have to be smart. There is information all over the internet about how to invest wisely. Just think about all the rich people in Hollywood. They don't have all their cash in the bank. Like that would be stupid. I'm not saying that you can't have cash in the bank, but it's dumb to have over $250,000 in the bank. That's why they have investment portfolios. It's because you never put all of your eggs in one basket. That's why. And you would think that banks would know better. You would think. But what I kind of feel like they did is they did not really keep an eye on their out of territory loans and their out of state loans. And those are the ones that you really have to watch. Because you know, these are people that do not live locally to the bank. On the flip side of that, you know, if you're doing business with a bank or a investment firm and you're not living in state, like you're someplace else, that is also a risk for you, the consumer and the person that takes on loans because you you don't really have first-hand experience or first-hand first-hand knowledge of the bank or the loan entity that that you're doing business with because you are out of state. So it's kind of like, you know, we have a phrase here in Oklahoma that, you know, you need to be careful about who is minding the store. That that's just how we word things. So needs to say, Citizens Bank in Sac City, Iowa was not minding basically their bank. They were not being um diligent and they were not practicing their due diligence in regards to these loans and I'm still interested to see or to find out which industry and which companies um took out so many loans that it basically broke this bank this bank it just kind of seems like to me the right hand did not know what the left hand was doing and that stuff should be basic that you know what's going on with your bank because That is what a bank is supposed to do. They are supposed to know what's going on with their finances. It shouldn't be a surprise about what's going on with their bank. But see, this is why I always suggest to people that you have an internal and a external audit. And and typically every year twice a year, if not more than that. because you want to know where you're at and the more money you have and the more money you're dealing with the more audits you should have and the word audit again is not a negative word it's a positive word because you know these these stupid losses and I say stupid because it's stupid to have this kind of stuff happen these losses could have been caught and solved a whole lot sooner. It you know this bank did not have to close. It did not have to go solvent or whatever. It didn't have to do that. But because the problem was so large and quickly snowballed, there there wasn't really anything that Citizens Bank itself could do anything um to recuperate in the way that it needed to in order to keep its doors open as Citizens Bank. That's why it failed. So it needs to say they were not practicing checks and balances meaning there's a checks and balance system in in any government or any bank and you have that so that one branch doesn't get too bigger than the other or doesn't have too much power but also you do it to have accountability you know you have ethics laws morals values 
you have state and federal laws, you have county laws, you have rules laws and regulations. So so there's all these different types of of regulations and legislations that occur all the time in the banking industry and the financial sector. So there's really no excuse for a bank to fail because the biggest reason why banks fail is because they take on too much risk. And it's very stupid to take on risk, especially too much risk from people or businesses that are out of state because you really don't know what they're doing. You really don't because they're not down the street, they're not, you know, a couple hours away, they are several several hundred miles away. And and that's just not good business. Especially if you don't have a branch out there. So, needless to say, there is a legitimate reason why, and I have I have a feeling that all the banks on this list, they had a legitimate reason to be closed. I haven't found any yet where the FDIC overreacted or where another bank was just waiting for this bank to fail. I I don't see any of that because usually um usually the FDIC does not want to see a bank fail. Usually other banks do not want to see other banks fail. What they do want is they want other banks to be super successful that way they can exchange loans or do business with them. They don't want to have to bail each other out. Cuz doing a bailout is is very risky and there's really no guarantee of return. So basically that means there's really no guarantee of financial uh, excuse me, a financial success whenever you you acquire this many losses. That's the thing. So needs to say this bank unfortunately failed. Um but you know they have no one to blame but themselves and anyone that was working at that bank that caused these problems they should never be allowed to work for a bank again because I you know, if I had to guess excuse me considering what they talked about with the loans I guarantee you it has to do with with their loan officers. You know it's really funny banks typically especially smaller banks like this they are picky. they are picky and just overly picky and stupid about who is a loan officer because you know or who is a loan officer because loan officers they can make a lot of money like the more loans they do the more money they make it's kind of like a money i would say or like a hedge fund manager they can make a they can make excuse me a lot of money off of other people just by managing their money it's the same thing with loan officers you basically the more loans that they process the more money they can make off of that it's not always just a set income and also they process law loans so they can look really really good and um you know basically corporate level management cuz they want to move up in the bank or just move up in the banking industry itself me personally if i owned a bank i would never hire anyone from that bank because they caused a bank a fairly small bank to fail I mean it should be obvious not to do over 50 million dollars worth of loans out of state. I mean that that should be obvious. But some people they they just don't have what it takes to be a loan officer, they do not have what it takes to be a branch manager and they do not have what it takes to be a comptroller. You know, it, it's not just about being able to punch numbers on a calculator. That that's just the basics. what it's really about is ethics and morals and critical thinking skills and really looking at things in the long term and the short term and understanding is this a good investment for the bank because when something is a good investment for the bank 
then it becomes a good investment for all of the depositors but if it is not a good investment for the bank then you are putting all of your depositors at risk for losing any and all of their money over 250k cuz the FDIC will not insure it so just FY be aware of that but that is it on this lovely bank that's all the information that I have at this time Uh, but I will go ahead and end it there for this lovely podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye bye. Don't let this world go down without a fight